Before I explain to you what he says and why he says it, I want you to get the principle, and it's this, is that your testimony will open doors. Your testimony, who God is in your life and how you respond to God, that's your testimony, it will open doors for you because that's exactly what happens to Ruth. Your testimony of who God is and how he's worked in your life is going to open doors for you, but not just any doors. God is going to use your story to open the doors he wants to open to you. He's going to use it to open the doors that lead to his plan and his promises being fulfilled in your life. Those are the doors you want open, right? Today, Pastor Daniel is going to continue through the story of God's faithfulness to Ruth. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Ruth chapter 2 as he continues his message, One Amazing Woman. need anything materially, but your soul has great needs. And what most people do is they try and satisfy the needs of the soul with all sorts of things, right? You try and put things in there to fit. Now, here's what I will tell you. And it's been said many, many times that in effect, God created all of us with almost like a God-shaped hole in our soul that only he can fill. And until we allow him to fill that, we're going to try to fill it with all sorts of things. And many of us know what that's like. I know it's like, I didn't grow up believing this stuff. So man, believe me, I know what it's like. But when you try and fill that God-shaped hole in the center of your being with anything else, it might help you for a moment, but deep down, you know, I'm still missing something. It's not like saying, I'm trying to put a square peg in a round hole. You're trying to fill all the ocean with a drip of water. And you know it, but you try. But what I want to tell you is that all of us have need. And when we come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you, God. I need you. He's like, I've always been here for you. I know that you need me. I created you to need me because outside of me, you have no life without me. The Bible says in The Lord, we live and we move and we have our being outside of him. There's no such thing as life. But for many of us, we're like, I don't want to believe in the Lord. I don't believe in God. You know, and then I always love it when people say, I don't believe in God for scientific reasons. It's like, well, hello, the only reason you can have a scientific reason is because of God. There's no such thing as the wisdom of observation without God. That's the ultimate. You're like, really? You're so smart, huh? Now, I feel like I can jest about that because I was this exact same way. I don't believe in God. I need evidence. Only one day I realized that everything is evidence. The fact that I can even want evidence is evidence. Like the fact that I even think I want evidence for this. Like, where did that thought come from? But listen, what goes on for each one of us is that we have needs and when We allow God into the midst of our needs. He takes our needs and he leverages it to get some stuff done. And that's what we have going on here. See, Ruth and Naomi are vulnerable and they are in need. And Ruth says, I'm going to go out and glean. I'm going to go hope for 
the kindness of people. I'm going to go glean in the fields. And then she ends up in the field of this man named Boaz. Now, look at what happens next. It says, picking up in verse 4, it says this. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. And then Boaz said to his servants, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and she has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Verse eight. And then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to the people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. And then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now, we heard about Boaz. We know that Ruth is in Boaz's field. But we learn a lot about Boaz just by simply the way he shows up. He shows up and he comes to the guys who are reaping in his field, the workers that he's hired. And notice what he says to them. He says to them, the Lord be with you. And they answer to him, the Lord bless you. Now, you learn a lot about a person by the way that they speak. And think about what Boaz does. Does he walk up to his reapers? He goes, what's up? Is that what he says? No, he says, the Lord be with you. He blesses the people. Now, I think about this all the time because, you know, like our oldest at home, Obadiah, he's 13 years old. And when you see Obadiah, Obadiah goes, what's up? And for those of you who don't know what that means, that's what's up contracted down to, but Obadiah's 13, which means he's way too cool for me. So he doesn't even look up, he just goes, what's up? But Boaz is a man of God because Boaz walks on up and he sets the stage. He says, the Lord be with you. See, he blesses his workers. How many of you have a boss that walks in and blesses you? How many wish you had a boss who did that? Amen. Boaz was that dude, right? Boaz, when he rolled on in, he set the stage. His workers, he blesses them in the Lord. Now, isn't that so much better than Seth? Or even the more, how are you today? Right? Like, those aren't bad greetings, but Boaz has got something here. It tells us a little bit about who he is. He goes on and he pronounces God's blessing over people, which is one of the ways he wants us to be as his people. People who walk in the blessings of the Lord because of who Jesus is, and we proclaim blessings over people. 
And his workers know right away, Lord be with you, the Lord bless you. They're going back and forth. They're having like a little rap battle with one another. It's super cool. And then Boaz looks around and he, and he grabs the, one of the people. He says, hey, so um, whose young girl, woman is this? Now, I think that's interesting because what it tells us is that Boaz and Ruth are not of the same age, right? Boaz was most likely more Naomi's age than he was Ruth's age. So he asks about Ruth and this guy The servant who was in charge of the reaper said, it's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. So Boaz notices her, asks about her, and then we find Boaz goes and talks to her. Now, before I explain to you what he says and why he says it, I want you to get the principle, and it's this, is that your testimony will open doors. Your testimony who God is in your life and how you respond to God, that's your testimony, it will open doors for you because that's exactly what happens to Ruth. Because right away when Boaz hears that this is that young Moabite woman who returned to Bethlehem with Naomi, he begins to step on out to bless her, to take care of her. Look at what he says to her. He says, and I think it's just so awesome the way he speaks to her. He says to her, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Verse 8. Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. And she fell down on her face and bowed down to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz answered her, verse 11, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done For your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have now come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel. So Boaz goes because he's heard about Ruth and he goes and he says, listen, what I want you to do, I don't want you to go anywhere else. You stay here in this field. You stay with the young women, the young women who are working, you're going to work alongside of them. And when you're thirsty, you don't have to go trying to find water. Because you can imagine that for a landowner where there's all these people who are either needy or impoverished, people gleaning, that was just part of it. But you didn't really take good care of them. You were taking care of them by allowing them to glean in your field. But he said, no, no, listen, I want you to not go to any other field. You don't have to go anywhere else other than right here. And you know what I also love? You know what he says? He's like, have I not commanded the young men not to mess with you? Now, that sounds weird to us, but you have to think about a woman who is impoverished is very vulnerable, especially not only in that culture, in any culture, right? Because there's that problem with the fallenness of men that they take advantage of people. And so what I love about Boaz is not only is he a guy who blesses people, but Boaz is the kind of guy who he goes to his workers and he says, hey, no shenanigans here. You be honorable men. Don't mess with anybody. Now, you know what I love about that? That's in short supply today. And listen, I'm going to talk to the guys here for a second. You guys listen. We should be this type of man. We should be kind of men who we bless people in the way that we speak. We should be the kind of man that when we see one of our bodies being dumb as it relates to women, we should be like, hey, no shenanigans. 
That's dumb. See, here's the thing. Too many of us are allowing our lives as men to go based on the thermometer, where you take the temperature of what's going on and you just act in regards to the temperature. But no, God's men are supposed to be thermostats. We're supposed to set the temperature. And what I love so much about Boaz is not only is Boaz a man who blesses, he's a man of generosity because he's taking care of Ruth. He's heard the testimony. And then he's saying, listen, to all of his workers, listen, no messing around. This young woman, yes, she's poor. Yes, she's vulnerable. Yes, she's gleaning in the fields. And you can imagine the horror things that could go on in a field for a woman who's having to glean in someone's field. And he's like, none of that stuff. And I think this is so important because we live in a day and age where what's going on, people are calling it toxic masculinity. Where men, because they're men, think that they can treat women in a way that completely demeans who women are in the eyes of God, creating the image and likeness. And I'm grateful that our culture has finally called it and said, this is wrong. Because you know why? It is toxic masculinity. Because the ultimate example of masculinity anywhere is Jesus of Nazareth. The one who always did those things that pleased his father. And was there ever a woman who was demeaned or degraded or treated poorly by Jesus? Was there ever? Was there ever a woman who left the presence of Jesus and didn't feel more blessed? And all this garbage that we see in our culture of men who are insecure, trying to make themselves feel stronger at the expense of a woman... That's from the pit of hell. It's wrong. And it should never be named so amongst the people of God. Because that's not who Jesus was. I know if some of these toxic masculine guys grew up in my house, they would have gotten a wooden spoon from my mom and grandma. That's how things got handled in my house. But here's the thing. You guys, listen. If one of your friends is being dumb, I want you to poke them in the eye. So that when they come to church, all the guys with their red eye, we're going to round them up. We're going to bring them to men's ministry with Pastor Ryan Blount. We're going to have a good old fashioned intervention. But no, I mean, I'm being playful, but I'm not. Because here's the thing, you guys, you're supposed to be the thermostat. You're supposed to be the guy who is setting the temperature right where God would have it. And Boaz is one of those guys. I mean, I love this idea of Boaz, the boss. He notices this one girl. He finds out. He's like, I'm going to take care of her. And hey, you guys, no messing with this girl. That's God's daughter. This is a woman of valor. This is a woman who deserves respect. And I think if more men did that, we wouldn't have all the junk that's going on today. If more men, and listen, I know, you know, you guys, like you got to get up in your, in your boys' faces in that way. You know, I know women, they sit around, they talk, they cry. Man, you just got to confront that. Guys, respond to confrontation. Now, if some of you guys are a little too fragile for that, sorry. But if you get poked in the eye, you can be sorry later. But seriously, though, I love this about Boaz. Boaz is like, we're going to protect this girl. Now, what's amazing about this is... When Ruth hears this, Ruth isn't entitled, she's humbled. Notice, this is very common gesturing or posturing in in that culture where she fell on her face and bowed to the ground. Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me for I'm a foreigner? Remember when she went out, she's like, I hope I find favor in someone's eyes so I can glean. And now that same word favor is the word grace. She was hoping to find grace in someone's eyes. She ends up in Boaz's field. Boaz is now bestowing blessings on unmerited blessings 
She said, why? I'm not even from here. I'm a foreigner. And then Boaz tells her why. He says, look, it's been fully reported to me all that you've done for your mother-in-law. How you left your family. How you left your country. How you've trusted in the Lord. Remember I told you your testimony opens doors? See, this here's the thing. Her testimony now, when it reaches Boaz, he's like, man, this woman is seeking the Lord and I'm going to honor that. Now, what I think is so powerful about it is that your testimony is important. It opens, listen to what it says in the book of Revelation about our testimonies, chapter 12, verses 10 to 12. It says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcome him, speaking of the accuser, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of what? Their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell within them. See, the idea is that because of Jesus' blood that was shed, our response to that is our testimony into the world. And these folks that they're talking about, it's their response to the finished work of Jesus that got applied to their life. Now, all of a sudden, it's being declared. Now, I'm here to tell you, your testimony is lived out loud. And Ruth's testimony opens up a door for her. Man, Boaz heard about it. And he's like, man, I've seen what you've done. We've heard about you. But here's the other side. And I'm just going to be straight up honest. Your lack of testimony will also close doors as well. Your lack of testimony will close doors. So listen, I want to talk to those of you right now who are like, man, I keep trying to find a job. I can't find a job. You realize that in the social media age that if you apply for a job, potential employers Facebook stalk you. They Twitter stalk you. Instagram stalk you. Snapchat stalk you. And here's the thing. If your testimony is someone who is wild, crazy, can't be trusted, do you think someone wants you to work in their company? No, they don't. I'm just telling you. Listen, when we ask someone we're looking for babysitters, we Facebook stalk our potential babysitters. I'm like, yeah, no, no, definitely not. We'll pray for them, but not let them be with our kids. That person, oh yeah, that person looks really good. And, and why do we do that? Because they're our kids and we care about them. So here's the thing. If your testimony is, you're so fun, you're so crazy, you're doing keg stands and you're being dumb, don't be surprised that you can't get hired. And don't miss the fact, and I hate to say it, and I'm grateful I didn't grow up in a social media culture. That's us on the internet forever. Forever. That stuff's sitting there. And all your friends got phones and your friends are as smart as you are. So they take videos of it all. And you wonder why you can't get like a solid gig. Well, here's why. Your testimony is someone who isn't trustworthy. Your testimony is not of God's grace and mercy. It's of your shenanigans. And you wonder why. Now, I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm just telling you how it is. Right? Your testimony for Jesus will open up doors for you. And your lack of testimony will shut doors for you. Now, if you're one of those people who you're like, that's why I can't get a job. Well, you should not only scrub your Facebook stuff and your social media, you should scrub your life. Because God wants to do, you're created for more than just being the silly guy 
or the girl who can, you know, burp louder than everybody else or whatever your thing is. God's got a better plan for you than that. And that testimony opens doors. It did for Ruth. And it's beautiful because what Boaz realized is that God wants to do a work. And I love what he says, because look at what he says in verse 12. He says, the Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. See, Boaz realizes that although Ruth linked herself to Naomi, she really linked herself to the Lord and she's trusting the Lord to take care of her. Now, that picture under his wings, it's a very vivid picture. Jesus speaks about this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Jesus says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Now, remember I said, we know God is father, but there's oftentimes in the scriptures, very maternal pictures. Jesus, as he's going to the cross, he's telling Jerusalem, I wanted to be like a mama hen who protects her chicks. And you can look this up online, that if a hen with her chicks are in the middle of a fire, what the hen does is the hen will take their babies, put her on her arms, and you have pictures of fully charred mama hens, and you pull their wings open and the baby chicks walk out. Because that's the love of a mother for her children. And brothers and sisters, that's exactly what Jesus did. See, Jesus knew the fire and judgment that comes against rebellion against God. And Jesus said, look, I want all of that rebellion that you deserve to come to me. And I want to pull you under my arms. I want to protect you like a mama hen protects her chicks. And then that fire is going to come down on me. But I'm going to be able to conquer it and you're going to go free. That's the gospel, my friend. That's the good news. That God is saying, I want you to run into me. I want you to be safe destruction awaits you, but there's something better. And all moms know what that's like, right? Moms protect their kids or should at all costs. You inconvenience yourself for the blessing of your children. And what Boaz is saying is, Ruth, I know that you've come to the Lord as a refuge. You're trying to hide under his wing. May God bless you for it. And Boaz is willing to be God's blessing in her life. Because look at what happens next in verse 14. It says, now Boaz said to her at mealtime, come here and eat the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So they sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. And so she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Jesus is Your soul has great needs. We learned in today's message that each of us was created with a God-shaped hole in our hearts. Until we allow Him to fill that hole, we run around trying to fill it with everything else. Those things might satisfy in the short term, but when you're being honest, you know it's never going to be enough. 
Pastor Daniel showed us today that Jesus is the one and only way to experience real life. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will show you that God is always interested in the greater story. When it comes to the book of Ruth, you and I see a great love story. A desperate woman and the knight who rescues her. Okay, so he's a farmer, not a knight, but still, the story's worth hearing. But when God tells a story, there's always a greater story he's pointing to. The one about Jesus. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Oasis. Until then, may God bless.